Hey, this is Sean Leary, and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I am here at Alternating Currents once more, and we're getting ready to um, listen to a panel on um, Hispanic culture and concerns, and I am here with two of the panelists, Greg Aguilar and Daisy Moran, and um, I'm going to ask them a few questions. First off, what in general do you feel are the biggest issues in regard to Hispanic and Latino culture? Sure. I, th- I think the first thing is we're not talking about it collectively the way that we should be. Uh, as we know, diversity is a strength for communities. When you look at workforce attraction, workforce retention, uh, which helps define an economic development of a community, people want diversity. People want inclusion. And the challenge is I, th- I think people... I don't know if, I think they don't know how to address Hispanic issues because that word is so broad, right? right? And then, you know, we look at, is, is it Latino? Is it Latinx? Is it Hispanic? What's the difference? And right off the bat, people get confused and they don't even know where to begin. Uh, but also, unless you have these conversations, you'll never learn how to begin. Right. That's why I'm glad we're having this one today. Awesome. Yeah, and to add to that, I would think about how can we empower our community so they themselves can, you know, decolonize the system within. Because um, historically, the systems have been created to exclude us. So how can we master the system so that we are included in the conversation and not really being invited to the table, but creating our own table? Do you feel that it's gotten worse over the last few years? I know the media has certainly made it seem as if it has gotten worse, particularly for people of color the past few years. Do you feel that that's actually the case? And if so, how do you overcome that? Yeah, I don't think it's gotten worse. I think it's been exactly the same. The only difference is it's now at the forefront, where it used to be, man, I think that person is racist, but now it's like, now I know that person is racist. And we've felt this for many years. You'll see it where, look around, how many many top executives do you see that are like, Latino or people of color. You don't. You don't. And then also, you're starting to see a lot of Latino start their own businesses because of the systems that Daisy had mentioned, that these systems keep some people out and bring others in. And so overall, it's that we've always known that this underlying tone in the Quad Cities is one of tolerance. And I think that came from our... um, what do you call it, our manufacturing background where you tolerated your work colleague because you had to get the job done and get your paycheck, but you weren't going to sit with them in the lunchroom and you certainly weren't going to invite them to your home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so we still have this separate but equal kind of right. thing going on around here. Now, don't get me wrong. I think we've done pretty good over the past five, 10 years and saying, hey, we have to talk about it. You know, I think Davenport's done a good job at recognizing at what they did to black folks and with their redlining and how it's affecting our economic development now. But overall, to be honest, Sean, this is this racism that we're seeing more in the forefront has always been there. It's just the last uh, the last president really empowered people to be vocal about it. But it's nothing new for people of color. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I would add that we have more mediums and platforms now to expose yeah, those experiences and to have a collective um, agreement that these experiences aren't just a one alone case. It's been happening for, historically for years. Um, and also, how can Latinos be resilient when we face racism? Um, many times it's microaggressions. It's not in your face. So even having the terminology and education to be aware of when I experience a microaggression, how is it affecting my mental and physical health and how 
how can I overcome this and also help the next generation so that they don't face these microaggressions in the workforce uh, or even in neighborhoods when your next door neighbor um, is you know being like hey turn off turn off your Mexican music and things like that or why are you always having cookouts every weekend so just understanding cultural norms what's wrong with having cookouts every weekend <laughs> I don't see a problem yeah exactly but just the um, I guess the more of the fearfulness of when they see groups of people of color getting together they feel intimidated and they feel like a minority so how can we um, really expose empowerment where, where it's not a threat to other uh, populations and groups and communities how, how do how do you overcome that I mean how do you get people to understand that we're all human beings regardless of our country of origin and also encourage people to embrace the fact that we have human commonalities but also we have different preferences some of which are based upon our cultural backgrounds and that's not something to be threatened by that's something to embrace and to learn from yeah exactly when you have more diverse perspectives and mindsets at a table you have a more complete and inclusive and equitable project or initiative going on so how can we educate those that don't want to be educated because we do have events we do have communities but it seems like the people that need to hear it the most don't want to be present so how can we tap into those individuals who don't want to um, kind of expand their mindsets or really get knowledge that will kind of shift their perspective I think one lesson I learned a long time ago is that if human beings understood that laughter and tears sound exactly the yeah. same in any language, yeah. we would start getting along better. Yeah. But we also have this weird culture where people think that social justice and people think that inclusion is pie and that if we give more people access, someone's going to get less pie. And it's, it's not pie. It's, it's creating opportunities so that more people can participate in whatever. Now, the participation point is the challenge where we have to be brave enough as individuals to say, hey, I'm going to put myself, maybe in a, I'm going to attend maybe a concert or I'm going to attend an event where I'm different than everyone else. And I understand human nature. No one wants to be left out. I remember what it was like to be the last kid picked in dodgeball, and I don't blame them. Man. I was terrible. <laughs> I'm not what you call an athlete. But at the same time, if people learn how to get a little comfortable with being uncomfortable so that they can explore something new, they're going to find that, hey, it's not so bad and I'm learning something. Because I really like Daisy's point, especially about the cookout. Why do we always cook out? Because all humans have to eat. Right. And I'll tell you what, if you're hungry and you go to one of our cookouts, I guarantee you, not only will you eat, you're going to take a plate home uh -huh. and you're going to make friends for life. Right. Because what people need to understand, especially with our Hispanic immigrant community, where it is, ex I admire our any immigrant, and I think of my parents, where they didn't know the language, they didn't know the culture, but they showed up and they tried and they learned. And then we've got people that just don't ever want to try. And it really, it's not that hard. And by reaching out to anyone who is different and just talking to them or trying to get to know them, like you're going to make a new friend. And the Hispanic community is very opening, very welcoming. And we want to know people. And because once we, I'll tell you what, once we feed you, your family. <laughs> One of the things, and I mentioned this to Yimmy earlier, is, you know, we're all product of our backgrounds. I mean, like I said to him, I grew up in Chicago. I played soccer, played basketball. I was involved in the arts. So I was involved with a diverse group of people from the time I was young. And so I just got to know them as people, you know, people from all different kinds of communities, whether it be, you know, Hispanic, African-American, LGBTQ. And I just got to know them as human beings. But if you're living in a rural community where it's everybody's white and everybody at least on the surface is straight um 
it's very different than if you grew up in a big city. How do you overcome those internal biases where people are just so used to being around the homogeneity of their of their you know small community to reach out and realize, oh wow, this person's exact just like me, you know? I think a lot of it has to do with unlearning behaviors and really doing the self-reflection that needs to be done. I know myself being a woman of color, being the only brown person in my elementary classes, it took a lot of years to really understand the experiences that I had and how it shaped my adult identity and really doing the work to, like I said, decolonize my mindset and realize that European-centric beauty isn't my standard of beauty. So I shouldn't be having to bleach my hair and wear blue contacts. I should embrace my indigenous dark features um, and really teaching other communities in you know rural areas that you should embrace your culture and you shouldn't have to be forced to assimilate to a certain culture that you think is acceptable or that will get you far in life if that makes sense sure. yeah my, my thought is I, I want people to especially those who might come from a rural background or maybe people who came from um, a community that just wasn't used to diversity, I, I really think they need to check themselves and say, is this how I want to be treated? Um, it's also important for people to ask themselves, do I have a bias? And we all do. It's how a lot of us stayed alive over you know the past 40,000 years of human evolution where a bias can be helpful. So if, like, if you see a bear coming at you showing his teeth, like, yeah, you should probably run, right? But it, that shouldn't go into with humans. You know, I, I get really frustrated in the Quad Cities where if you see a group of people of color, all of a sudden they're labeled different. We'll say if you're leaving a social scene in the evening, and you see, if you see a group of white folks, they're like, oh, those are just people going home from the bars. But if you see a group of people of color, the bias shifts. They're like, ooh, they look dangerous, or they look like trouble, or they're in gangs. And people need to reflect on their own bias. And, and here's the other hard part, Sean, is we live in a free country where you can do whatever the heck you want. And what people forget, though, is someone had to build your house, someone had to build your road. We depend on others, and we depend on other people, and we need to learn to get along because we can't make it on our own as humans. Awesome. I know you guys got to get ready. So, uh, last words, real quick, before you got to uh, you know do the program. I would just say be open-minded and have an open heart when wanting to learn about different cultures and diversity and going past the performative diversity that you see going on, really advocating for systems change. If you're in a position of power, look at how can I create different policies and procedures so that more inclusion and equity is established in my company, organization, or community. Uh, a couple thoughts. Number one, if you see uh, discrimination happen and you say and do nothing, you're giving permission to continue. Uh, and I think the second thing is the world is, we're no longer a melting pot. We're a salad bowl. The tomato stays a tomato. The lettuce stays the lettuce. And that's just how we are now. We're not going to melt and, sh and change into what we think is, is an American. Everyone is allowed to stay exactly how they are, and it just makes things better. Awesome. Daisy Moran, Greg Aguilar, thank you so much for being guests on QC Uncut. Looking forward to the seminar. Do a great job. I'm sure you will. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. Good to see you, man. You as well. Yeah, take care. Thank nice you. to meet you. And thanks a lot for listening to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. Uh, my guests today, Daisy Moran and Greg Aguilar, they're going to be part of a seminar here at Alternative Currents down here at City Church in downtown Davenport. If you haven't checked out Alternative Currents, please do so. Very cool event. And once again, thanks a lot for listening to QC Uncut. I'm Sean Leary. Have a great day.